You're listening to the American Window Cleaning Magazine podcast, brought to you by Ettoray, the standard of performance since 1936. Welcome to the AWC uh, podcast. Today I'm going to be co-hosting with uh, Alan Carr. He's, uh, one thing is for certain, we, uh, we don't agree on much. Uh, he's from Canada. I'm from the U.S. Uh, he likes broccoli. I hate it. He likes long walks on the beach, and I can't stand it. But uh, one thing's for certain, we don't agree on anything, but we're going to have a nice uh, conversation today. And Alan, how are you doing today, buddy? Hey, Michael. Thanks for having me today. Um, glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you, too. I mean, we're paying you, so I'm glad you showed up. <laughs> hey, five bucks is five bucks. <laughs> That's right. Hey, let's get right to it. So what we're talking about today and the topic at hand, we see this all the time on the Internet. It's all a buzz. Uh, it seems like everybody uh, nowadays, they're not satisfied with uh, just going out and doing the work. Uh, they want to be an entrepreneur. Uh, they want to be a, a, biz, a business person or an entrepreneur. They don't want to be have a job. And uh, so the, really the question is, do you try to scale your business or don't you? And uh, so for you, Alan, uh, you're up in Canada. And uh, what's your opinion on this, uh, big business or small business? Well, that's a loaded question. I think when we all start out, we want a big business. Uh, it depends where we come from, whether we're laid off from a job or whether we decide one day that we want to become an entrepreneur. So that question is really loaded. I think um, it all depends on what your outlook is, what you want to get out of it. And for me, we all start off small. So let's, you know, and then, then we kind of take it from there. But the first thought is to always grow your business. And uh, there's lots of, uh, I guess you can say, a lots of uh, content that's out there that promotes growing your business. And for me, I stay small because um, the situation I'm in in my life allows me to uh, not only make more money, but have free time. And in some cases, having time is better than having uh, making more money. So being an entrepreneur is very important to me for those reasons. Right. So a small business guy, uh, you, you know, when we talk about scaling, you're basically talking about trying to take a business to, you know, multiple levels. You've got employees, you've got systems in place. Everything's basically running without you. That's the ultimate goal. So you're you're you would basically call yourself a small business. Oh, absolutely. And I think I think we're all small business owners in the bigger picture of things, whether we're making five five thousand dollars a month or fifty thousand dollars a month. Um, I think the the big question is. You know, how much money do you want to make? How much do you want to, um, being an entrepreneur allows you to grow uh, your business so that you can have a better life for your family, let's face it. But in the beginning, it's a very humble experience. And uh, I think getting to that uh, end result, uh, there's a lot of work involved and there's a lot of things that you have to think about. And I, um, if I could, I just want to tell you a quick story that kind of will explain where I, where I think uh, guys should be when they're starting a small business. Um, I have a friend of mine who, I come from the lawn care industry originally. I've been a window cleaner for 10 years. And I have a friend of mine I did some work with, an associate, and he's in the lawn care industry. And he decided he wanted to start a franchise, uh, a, a lawn care franchise. We, uh, we controls, fertilizing, that sort of thing. So for his perspective was that to buy a franchise, I think he's going to put a lot of money up front. He's going to grow that franchise. He's going to put his money, his time, his effort um, and get to that end result, having a big business so he can have more free time to do the things that he's passionate about. 
But the one thing people have to realize when they start a small business um, and decide which way they're going to go, small or large, they have to decide how much work they're going to put into this business. And I know this associate of mine, he put, and, I, you know, and I'm willing to guess he put in probably $50,000 of his own money to, to get involved. Um, and there's a vetting process. So he was all in. But the one thing he was lacking was uh, passion. Because over time, he kind of neglected the business and ended up closing. So I guess the long and the short of the story is, um, if you have other interests outside of a small business and you're going to be an entrepreneur, you want to make sure the passions are in the business that you just purchased rather than um, putting the passions in the things that you like to do every day. Now, for an example, he, was a, he, he enjoyed um, biking. He was an avid uh, uh, biker. He liked to play volleyball. He liked to coach his daughter's volleyball teams. So I think... You know, his passions weren't in the business there with the extracurricular activities that he liked to do. So, uh, you know, for me, I, I think everybody's a small business when we start, but it's what we do from there that makes us a larger business. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. But uh, let me just let's let's talk about the mentality of uh, small business versus large business. So a guy that wants to scale his business. Now, your buddy, he started off obviously wanting to scale that business or he wouldn't have bought a franchise because that's the franchise model, right? Well, it depends. There's People come from two different two different worlds. You have the guy who all of a sudden he decides one day he loses his job. He's making minimum wage. He's got three kids and he has to start, you know, he has no other choice but to start a business. So, you know, he has low overhead. He has no money. He buys a squeegee. And we've heard this story a thousand times. But then you get the second guy. Maybe he got a buyout from a, his job and he got laid off. And maybe he received twenty dollars or $30,000 in severance pay and he decides he wants to buy a franchise. So there's two different worlds. So the guy who buys the franchise, he's going to decide, he's decided uh, that he wants to have a large business. He's put his money uh, up front. He's put, in, he's, uh, he's put his time in and that's his intentions. Now the guy who lost his job, his minimum wage job, he has to feed his three kids. And there's no other income coming in. So it's a whole different perspective. So, but both of those guys are looking to grow, have a big business because they have, uh, they both have different needs. One has to keep up a franchise. The other one has to feed his family. So there's two different ways to look at it. Uh, so it just depends on how passionate you are and how quick you want to grow that business. So, you know, the way I look at it is we're all small, but it's what we do after that to be a bigger business. So I always, I, so I guess the answer is I, I think everybody, we all want to have a large business. We all want to get to that end point. But I think having a stronger, smaller business is probably the way to go, is the way to go in the beginning. Because I see so many guys, they want to, um, at the end of the day, they, you know, they shut down their businesses because they're frustrated, because they don't have, uh, they've spent a lot of time and energy and money and not getting to where they want to go. So I think staying small in the beginning is the way I would, I would approach it. Yeah. So, I mean, I've dealt with several franchises and uh, I mean, their mentality from out of the gate, though, is really quite different than what you described. I mean, a franchise system, most of them will tell you, you, you're, you're, you don't want to be the worker at all. That's not why you bought a franchise. You bought a franchise to be able to grow a business, to grow a system. And you're, you're basically a business owner. You're not an employee. So how does that how does that play in? I mean, if you're going to if you're going to buy a franchise and be the worker bee, why would you want to do that? Well, I couldn't agree with you more. Like to grow to when you start a franchise, and that's probably and that's why he failed because he was out doing the work every day and he wasn't building the business and focusing on that. And to do that, you got to have passion and you have to get rid of all the things, the other things that you like to do in life until you get to a point where you free up the time to do those things. So, you know, I'm going to agree with you with that point, but that's why he failed. He was out in the business, he treated it like a job. 
he worked nine to five. He didn't put everything into it. And then he was more focused on at five o'clock going and playing his volleyball game or coaching his daughter's volleyball game. Or on the weekends, he was, uh, he was biking with his wife. Those were his interests. Those were his passions. Now, so the guy who has a small window cleaning business, he can treat it like a job. And there's nothing wrong with that. Not everybody has to grow their business to be a million-dollar business. They can grow it to fill their needs, to free up some time, and that's great. But if you're going to buy a franchise and have that franchise model, I'm going to have to agree with you here. You have to um, invest your time and your energy, and you have to learn to develop systems so that it works for you. But that takes time. That doesn't happen overnight. So it's all that hard work before that point that matters. Yeah. Well, I'm glad the franchise thing come up because it's so funny. Most of your franchises will get blasted uh, from within the industry that they're in. So if you're in lawn care, you know, Weed Man gets blasted, uh, Kim Lawn, all these guys get blasted because they're a franchise. And in the window cleaning, Fish, Window Genie, Squeegee Squad, they're all going to get blasted. But the funny thing about it is they're getting blasted, but everybody out there crying and screaming, saying, you got to grow your business. You got to put systems in place. That's what those guys have already done. That's what the franchises are done. You don't buy a franchise to create systems. You you, you buy a franchise to, to work a system. And the systems are in place. You get a lot of support from the head office, you know, and they, sure. their job is to offer you the marketing. Their job is to kind of get your website set up or use their SEO um, and be a part of their system. But if you're working out in the field every day and you're not doing more to build that franchise. Listen, I came from Weedman Lawn Care in the beginning, and that was the franchise that I spent a number of years with. And I had a, a front row seat of a lot of the things that they did. And I tell you, they put systems into place and they worked it and they worked them hard. And uh, they were very successful. And they still are successful, a lot of the franchises, even though there's some changes in, um, in some of the regulations with pesticides and whatnot. But if you're working in the field every day, you can't grow that business. So that's where he failed because I, and again, franchises you know your passion has to be in what you're doing you know we can talk about this all we, we can talk it to death yeah i don't i don't really care about franchises at the end of the day it's just an interesting um correlation between a guy that's looking at systems you got to build systems you got to put systems in place and then you know on the other side they'll dog a franchise and they've they're the ones that have put the system in place but irregardless let's talk about some specifics all right if a guy's going to stay small um, now, I, I grew a business, I scaled it, all right? And we scaled it to, you know, just over a million dollars in business, and then we ended up selling it in 2014. And I had some reasons for doing so at the time. Um, and, but let's just talk about small business, because I just want to compare the two for a second. Now, one thing, if you're going to stay small, and you're going to stay, you know, you're not going to try to scale it, you're not going to try to put systems in place, you're just going to have a, let's just say a, a, a three to five man crew, and you're just going to kind of run that crew. There are some problems, and so the first problem that I see with that is, let's talk about injuries. If that owner gets hurt, and he's a small small guy, few employees, or maybe he's out there just doing all the work himself, and he gets hurt, uh, it's game over. Absolutely. Right? He gets hit by a bus tomorrow, his business is finished. Well, not even a bus, but I mean, if he falls off a ladder, <laughs> he went all drastic on me. But I mean, if, if he falls off a ladder, he's laid in a hospital bed, where's the income come from? Well, exactly. And I, I think that's what everybody has to look at. If they're going to get into business, the whole idea is to grow it and to become, you know, to, to make it serve you in the end. And we hear that every day in, in the industry. You know, we have guys uh, walking through the forest in Africa and living in houses that look like castles who are telling us this every day. And I think you know who I'm 
talking about. They're great guys. They, they do a lot of great things in the industry. Uh, and that's a very valuable message out there that, you know, there's things that you can do at the end of the day if you grow your business. There's benefits to that. But, you know, in the beginning, you know, I think a lot of guys, they want the, the gold at the end of the rainbow without doing the work. You know, there's the guy who works too hard in the field and he's not building the business and he's not building systems and he's frustrated. Uh, and then there's the other guy who's spending lots of money on getting into a franchise and he's just too busy worrying about the other things that he wants to do rather than growing the franchise. Because listen, he's got to pay up. He's got to pay up to the man, as you, I guess you could say, um, for all the income that comes in to be a part of that franchise. So it's just... For me, I think it's it's fascinating to watch the the one guy who buys a squeegee and goes out and is very passionate, and he's going at a slower pace because he doesn't have the resources, or maybe you know uh, you know he's not getting the breaks in the beginning. And the other guy who's got all kinds of money to burn, um, you know, he's not taking advantage of those systems and he's failing. And uh, it's it's very fascinating. It's a very fascinating thing. And you know, if you're going to have a small business, you got to work it hard. You got to grow it. You got to grow it wide. Uh, so that you, so that you're technically strong, so that it serves you down the road when you're ready to build it. You see a lot of guys. I, there's a lot of um, college businesses that pop up for painters, window cleaners, and they do a lot of great things with uh, uh, their with with marketing, and they do a lot of great things with business sense. But they don't, you know, technically they're not as sound as they should be. So there's, you know, there's two different ways to look at it. But I think go small, learn your trade learn the tools, learn how to market, take that time. Because once you're ready, once you build it, then you have the opportunity to scale it. Um, guys are trying to move too quick. And I see it all the time on social media. Now, everybody wants what everybody else has, but they don't want to take the time to learn how to use their gear, to use it properly, safely, efficiently. Then you can grow your business. Uh, everybody's trying to move too quick. Everybody's, I guess you can call them posers. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, but they don't want to put the work in. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you there. I mean, at the bottom line is uh, you can have all the systems you want in place. If you don't have revenue, those systems don't mean a thing. And uh, so, yeah, you, you definitely have to uh, – I mean, ultimately what we're building is, is, a, is a sales machine. And in the service industry, um, it's called really service for a reason. And I think some guys get this messed up is that it's not because you're out there servicing. It's because you are providing a service. And – Guys really get uh, confused about that. This is a reputation business. All these service businesses, this is a reputation business, and it takes a certain amount of time to build a reputation. I think a big part of it is a lot of guys they they love they love building a business. They love being an entrepreneur. That's very sexy. That's very exciting. But they don't understand that to build a service business, you have to go out there and you have to get dirty for the first couple of years. You know, it's not all about, you know, putting on your nice little uniform and going out there and, and, and saying, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, if you're not out there and you don't know what you're doing and you're not providing that service, uh, you're really not going to get to the next level. You're not, you're never really going to succeed. You can go out there and sell a bunch of work. When I started out in the window cleaning industry, I could sell. That was, that was easy. I learned a lot of that from the lawn care industry, but where I failed, was I didn't understand how to use the equipment properly in the beginning. My pricing was totally off, but I was very comfortable talking to the homeowner. So I think I had a step up in that sense, but once I started um, going through the routine every day, I struggled for a little bit in the beginning because I really didn't know uh, how to get around the property and do that and do that work properly. So there's a learning curve, and a lot of guys are too busy looking at, you know, I want to make that million dollars, I want to sit on the beach, I want to do this. And those... That's possible. All of those things are possible. But I think they have to understand that there's a journey they have to take and they have to learn 
all they have to learn everything you need to know about running a small business. And that's very and that's, you know, 101. That's basic stuff. And they have to learn that in the beginning. So, you know, for these guys who want to grow a big business, you've got two or three, four or five, five years before you even have to worry about that. You know, right now, learn how to put those systems into place. Learn how to work efficiently. Um, running a big business isn't easy, and a lot of guys fail. And I see it all the time on the, um, on the, on the community, uh, on the boards. What do you call it? The, um, the community uh, forums or whatever that's they are. It, yeah. forums. Yeah. And I'm selling my equipment. Is there anybody interested? I'm getting out of business. It's because, you know, they're frustrated, and, and it's not easy. And no. you know that yourself. When you started out, I don't know how you started. Um, was it by yourself? Did you have? Uh, did you come from another um, service industry background when you started, or was it just you? No, it, it was just me. Um, I had I'd been trained by a friend uh, in high school, and we, um, you know, his his dad uh, owned a business, and we worked for him summers in high school, and then uh, he he left his dad, and I went with him. So I got to really watch. Uh, he was an excellent salesperson. He still is. Um, but I watched him, you know, how is he putting this together? How is he doing this? And so in, it was 2000 when I started my company here in Bloomington, Illinois. And, uh, no, it's just me. And, um, you know, I, I joke because I, I remember going out and landing Panera breads for the first time. There was 15 locations and I sat down and it was, it wasn't, everything wasn't, uh, it was all within an hour, but there were other locations out and around. And I remember sitting there and he says, can your company handle this? And I said, absolutely we can. Well, there was no we. Yeah, there was no we. It was me. And, uh, you know, but but we did it and and we started growing it. And, um, you know, for me, there was a realization, though, that um, uh, I didn't like uh, the the business was controlling me uh, for the first several years. And I I really, you know, it it was my wife's disgust with me, which, you know, I've I've shared that story before where we're, we're in Orlando and we're standing there in the Dumbo ride, and I take a phone call at 8.30 at night from a customer, and I'll never forget the look that my wife looks across and looks at me. It's Im- implanted in my head, and, and that was the day that I decided I was going to start doing things different. Uh, we were going to start scaling things out. I was going to remove myself, and that's such a big thing, too, is all these entrepreneurs um, tend to be type A personalities. Nobody can do it better than them. Nobody's a better salesperson. Nobody's a better business guy. And the first thing you're going to have to do to succeed, really, is you're going to have to remove yourself from, from them, some of them processes that you think you're so good at. Well, it's about being humble. Like, come on, like, listen, we don't know everything when we start these businesses, you know, and, and without the support of our family, uh, it's a very difficult thing to do. They get frustrated with the hours that we, that, we, that we work sometimes. They get frustrated with how many days a week we're working, and it's, it's a very difficult thing. Uh, you, have to be, you, have to, you have to make a decision early on. Um, am I going to do this? Am I going to invest the time and money and effort? And if you do that, uh, great things are going to happen. There's no doubt. It's, it really is. That is the easy formula. But it's the journey you take. And it's, it's your family backing you up through that process because, let, let's face it, um, you know, they pick up a lot of work at home or a lot of extra things, uh, taking care of kids, uh, uh, animals, baseball games, everything that goes on within a family unit. They kind of do a lot of that because, let's face it, if you're, uh, if you're doing power washing or you're doing, uh, if you're cleaning garages, it's a lot of late night work. Uh, window cleaning, it can be long days, especially in the summertime if you're seasonal. I live in Canada, so a lot of the work we do is seasonal. So we try to get as much work as we can in the summertime. So that means work until uh, dark, which can be 8, 30, 9 o'clock in, during the summer hours. So um, 
you know, if you make that commitment early on, it can be a really easy thing and you get out there and work and get it done, you know, and, and slowly build your business. But um, I think guys want to go too big and, you know, they have to understand that process. You have to understand what they're going to go through with their families. They have to understand uh, how to sell. A big problem a lot of young guys have is they don't know how to sell. Um, and I don't want to use the word millennial because I know that gets used too much. I know I'm going to get a lot of big slap from that for saying it. Uh, but the reality is you got to know how to ask for the sale. A lot of guys go out there and they can use a squeegee and, and they got a lot of high hopes for going their business, but they, have, they, don't, they can't sell. And I remember that I'm going back to the guy that ran the franchisee, and I know I'm going to go back to a lot of that in this podcast because it fascinated me how he spent all this money to grow this business and, and didn't succeed. And another big thing he didn't do and didn't understand was – you know, he, he told me right to my face, he says, Alan, I can't, I have a hard time talking on the phone. I can't talk to people. Um, I can talk to them one-on-one, but if I get into a group or if I get on the phone, I, I just can't do it. And that, and that blew me away because, you know, you have to be able to close that sale. You have to be able to sell people. You have to be able to communicate with people because if you don't, uh, the business isn't going to happen. And it begins with you because you're the one that's growing, the, starting off in the beginning. And you're the one that's going to have to teach your, uh, the first guy that you hire. And you have to get that message across and understand how to do that. So it's fascinating that guys want to grow quick, but they don't want to sell. And they don't, but they have to learn how to sell for to succeed. It's that simple. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's ultimately the. I don't care what business it is. If you can't sell, it's not going to work. I mean, they've said that on Shark Tank so many times. If you, you can't sell it, then it's done. I mean, it's it's all about sales. So another another obstacle that comes up. All right. So for a small business guy, um, uh, if if you're going to keep your business small, uh, isn't it true you're going to limit your income a bit? I mean, you're only going to be able to be so big. Let's just talk about that guy that's going out there. He's banging it out every day. He's on the route. He's doing residences. He's doing everything himself. Um, his income is capped at some point. Well, sure. Like when you start off, you're making nothing. Um, when I started off. I started out with a squeegee and I was doing storefronts making $25, $15, uh, It's a hustle. And guys don't like to hear that word hustle. And, but it is. Like you have to go out there and you have to, you know, it goes back to the two guys. The one guy's got $50,000 to invest in his company. And he's going to take his time to grow it when he should be out there building his systems right away. And you have the other guy who's out there with a squeegee and no money in his pocket. And he's got three kids to feed at home because he can't find a job anywhere. So it's all about hustle and what you want and what you're going to get out of it. But, you know, if you're going to, you know, one guy's going to take longer, the guy with the squeegee and no money, but he's going to hustle. And eventually he's going to get to where he wants to go and he wants it. The other guy's got 50,000 that he's willing to throw in and he's not really putting much effort into it. So it's failing every day. Um, It's two perspectives. You know, you have to understand the process first and you have to be willing to go through that because if you don't, it's just not going to happen. No, I agree. Um, the other thing is, is I, you know, you make a good point with uh, the amount of time that it takes. And I think uh, you see this in with these guys that, uh, you, know, you know, I call them the super scalers. And everybody wants to jump in. You want to scale your business. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. This process takes an incredible amount of time. Um, I was 14 years from when I started my business till I finally got systems. And I would say the last four to five years is actually where um, we could afford the systems. We could, we could work them. We could step back out. So 14 years before uh, start to sell. 
And it's it's really not sellable until you start getting all those systems in place where an owner, uh, an investor can look at it and say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna invest my money because there's some salary that this guy's getting and there's there's some profit at the end of it and he's not involved in it, so that's worth something. And that's kind of the last thing I want to say about a small business is they're very difficult to sell. Uh, if you're doing all the work and you decide you want to sell the business, uh, that, that's a that's a tough nut to crack. Uh, most investors aren't going to be interested in that. Well, I think a lot of guys in the beginning, they're not thinking about selling their business. They're thinking about feeding their families. They're thinking about they want to do something with it and they want to grow, but they're not thinking about selling it. And we're seeing more and more that people, guys are being encouraged to sell their businesses and build a reputable business. A lot of guys in the beginning, they're just you know, they're just, they're working for cash, they're paying their bills, the bills in. they're not, you know, they're not insuring themselves properly, you know, they're doing what they have to do. And you can't, you can't blame anybody for that. You know, in this day and age, it's tough. It's tough out there. Uh, but eventually, you know, they have to, you know, it's important that they, that they put everything in place so that they can sell the business at some point. And to do that, you know, you, it's a lot of work. You know that as well as I do. Um, but that's the ultimate goal, and not. And you're right. Nobody's going to buy that business if not if everything's not in place uh, from beginning to end. So I think, you know, if you want to, I say still say a small business. You make it strong, and I don't say small business meaning small money. You can have a small business and have a and have a good income and have it have it shared properly and have it put together so that you can sell it one day. But I think. If you get caught in a place where you're in the there's a small business and there's a very large business, and sometimes guys get st- stuck in the middle. And when you get there, that business just sucks up money, and so you're really not making any money, um, and you're just spinning your wheels to pay employees or whether you're um, reoccurring expenses every month for all the different uh, uh, systems that you have put in place. So I think guys have to be careful. Make sure they have a solid small business first. Because if you don't, then you're going to get caught and then you're going to be spending a lot of money. And it's hard to get out of that trap in the middle. Because once you're stuck in that trap, um, it's just taking money. So if you want, if you're going to be small, be small, but then take that big leap when you're ready, when your small business is solid, when you have all the basic systems in place, meaning uh, understanding how to use your equipment efficiently, making sure you understand how to, um, how to sell, how to ask for the sales, so important. Um, I think a lot of guys are scared. They're, they're terrified. You know, they get to somebody's home and they're doing the job. They're afraid to upsell. They're afraid to ask for, uh, can we do a gutter clean? Oh, we noticed that um, um, your driveway, you know, and needs to be cleaned. Uh, which we did, did, do you want to uh, upsell? So you're 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 advocating then as a as a small business guy, you're advocating that you as the owner need to know how to use the tools. You need to go out and do the work. You need to figure it out, and that's what's going to make you successful. From year one to year three, I don't think you should be worrying about big systems and worrying about selling your business. I think guys got on. I think it's important that you could want that, and it's important to um, to look into those sort of things and get all the information you can. But in year one and year three, you got to be able to, you know, if I, you know, I'm used to seeing guys on, on social media and they want the big business. And they present themselves as big entrepreneurs, but they don't have a clue. And I think in my area, there's a couple of businesses, and I'll give you another quick story. Um, there's a big window cleaning business in this area, and they promote themselves well. They have a great website. Their, their uh, workers have uniform. You know, they, they wear the proper uniform. They have lettered trucks. But they, this company, I gave them some work. And that I couldn't handle because I knew my limits and what I could do and what I couldn't do. And so I handed off this work to them. 
And I almost got sued because they had no clue what they were doing. Um, they didn't do the job properly. They, they had the customer sign off on the work and the work wasn't even done properly. And the customer was a CEO of a company locally here. And, you know, you know, he was threatening to sue. Uh, but at the end, you know, so I learned a valuable lesson that even though I've been in business for 10 years, I thought that I could, you know, kind of sniff out who was going to be good and who was going to be not so good. And these guys really fooled me. So, and it was all because of all the smoke and mirrors that they had about their business, about their website and, you know, how they presented themselves. But at the end of the day, their workers weren't trained properly. And that's another thing. They're just rushing guys through the training and, you know, they're not really providing the value that they promise. So I think, um, Guys got to be have a solid business in the beginning. Everybody wants that money in the beginning and they want everything, but they have to work hard in the beginning to build a big, solid foundation. And once you do that, then you can add all the other systems. Uh, you know, I don't want to name bond. You know, I don't want to throw names out, but like Responsibid and things like that. Those are important pieces of software, Send Gym, that'll help your business. But I truly believe that's not for anybody until you get to a certain point. And you have to be solid. You got to know what you're doing out there. And then you can scale your business when you're comfortable. Uh, but a lot of guys want to rush too quick. And I, I think the, I think you're right. And um, you know we're going to wrap this episode up. But I think that uh, there there's a there's a good debate here. Thanks for having me here today. I think this was awesome. No problem. And I'm glad uh, that franchise background I think is is really interesting. Um, there there are certainly some successful franchises out there. And uh, one thing they do well from day one is systems. So anyway, thank you, Alan. We're going to sign off AWC, and uh, we'll talk to everyone later. Thanks for having me, Mike. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please uh, feel free to subscribe and also leave a review, and you can read us anytime at awcmag.com. Thank you.